Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman Podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back for another installment of the Inspired Jewish Woman Podcast. I have with me today, Andy Wilkov. Hi, Andy. How you doing? Hello, I'm fine. I'm fantastic, actually. How are you, Eve? Doing great. So happy to have you here. I'm excited to learn more about this project that you've taken under your wing, and it I think it's exploded. So we're going to just jump right in, but I'll just welcome you by saying... Andy is a rock star mother, lives in my neighborhood on the North Shore of Chicago, grew up here her whole life, has two children. She happens to be coming with me to Israel in a very, very short time around the corner. She's on my upcoming momentum trip. So this is exciting. This is something that when we interviewed together and I was hearing a little bit about you, you mentioned this book drive. What's it called? Page It Forward? Is that what you call it? We actually called it 1 million books, but it started as page of forward. And if I don't say it, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is such an honor. I'm very excited to tell everybody about our big project. So let's just start from the beginning. First of all, give me a little bit more background to you before we even get into this incredible organization that you're running, that you've started, just what an inspiration, what you're doing, but just give us a little bit. You grew up here. Yeah. Jewish family. I'm the oldest of three. We're very, very close. My parents live nearby. My brother. Don't tell anybody. He lives next door with his two young sons. I love it. Um, And our kids are very close to the entire family as well. So it's very nice. So And rare. Exactly. To be so close and to still love them. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we have our rules and that will be another podcast. But no, so we grew up and maybe it was the type of house that my husband and I lived in when our kids were young. Like I said, Allie's now 20 and Ryan is 17. So this goes back a long time that they never watched TV. Like our kids loved loved, loved to read. They'd read in the car. They'd Mm -hmm. want to read in the bath. They'd read at meals. I mean, it was crazy to the point where I'd say, Ellie, you know, you misbehaved and nothing would matter to her until we like put a sheet over her bookshelf. And we said, you can't read a book for tonight. And I know it sounds sounds awful, but that just shows you how much books meant to our children. It's interesting. I grew Mm -hmm. up with a TV, but since I got married for over 20 years, we have not had a TV in our house. And a lot of times people kind of flip when they hear that they're like, what? Like, what do your kids do all day? But I really relate to what you're saying because our children happen to love reading. What a gift it is. I love when kids start reading. They're like C-A-T, like putting these like three letter words together and the joy that they have of achievement, accomplishment, that they could put letters together and read. It's like such an empowering thing. Reading is power. Knowledge is power. The world is at your fingertips when you could read. Absolutely. And you see the excitement in their eyes when they figure it out. It's so Mm. exciting to see kids learn something for the first time. So my husband, Willie, and I, we would see how much books meant to our children. And we watch the news. We see that there are low-income families, even in our own neighborhood, clearly with food pantries and such in our neighborhoods. We 
said, wouldn't it be really great if we could just collect books for those who are less fortunate than our children? And we'd look at each other. We'd be like, yeah, that's a great idea. But what are we going to do? Just drop them off at some random street corner in the city. And we happened to be at Costco and we saw an initiative from the United Way and Bernie's Book Bank. And it was called Page It Forward. Basically, they had a big bin and they said, put your used books in here. We will sort them by age and we will distribute them to children in need. And the two of us were like, oh my God, this is it. This is the distribution point that we were missing for how to get these children these books. So we reached out to Bernie's Book Bank in the United Way. And of course, they were like, we'd love you to help. I mean, no problem. So that's kind of how our whole book drive started back in 2011 when our kids were little. Like Allie was six and I think Ryan was four or something. I mean, they were teeny tiny. And um, was was this something that from a young age, Were they involved? Were they excited? They were so excited. Like we had a bin on our front stoop and every time we came home, they'd run to the bin to see if there were any books in there. And then it became like a math game. Like we'd stack them into piles of 10 and then we count by 10. And I think I'm getting ahead of myself, but our first goal was to collect 10,000 books the summer of 2011. And because we're crazy and we- 10,000 is a lot of books. Where did you even put these books? Well, so we didn't keep them all at once. When we would get like a car load or a van load, we would call Bernie's book bank and they would come and get them. So we kept them in our garage. So mm-hmm. the fact that it was nice out was good because cars were out of the garage and we just had books. Like we would bring them in the living room. We'd put them all over the floor and the kids would count by 10. And I'm you sure know. your kids were like proofreading the ones that spoke to them. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'd look and they'd be reading and I'm like, guys, we're counting. And they're like, no, 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 but this one's good. This one's good. Oh, and so, so they would quote unquote borrow books and then put them back in the pile until they were done reading them. But I think within like four or five weeks, we reached our original goal of 10,000 books, which we kind of looked at each other. We we're like, wow, that's crazy. I mean, we went to rummage sales, garage sales. We reached out to people. We walked in the 4th of July parade, handing out business cards saying, if you have any books, the kids wow. put up handmade flyers in Deerfield. I mean, it was a big effort. Mm-hmm. Oh, my niece is a June, July birthday and she collected books for her birthday party. And so did my son, Ryan. So like everybody was involved. Wow. It was spreading like wildfire. It took on a life of its own. Right. It was. And at that point, a lot of people didn't hear or know of Bernie's book bank because they were still very new. So for us, we were like, yeah, give us your books. No problem. And then as the video showed that you had seen, my husband came up with a great idea that we could either the next summer collect 100,000 books or by the time Ryan went to college in fall of 2023, collect a million books. Okay, you started at 10,000. You hit that goal within a few weeks and then you had another goal. Didn't you go to 25,000? I jumped right? ahead. I got couple, so excited. Months, I know this is so exciting, but it's amazing <laughs> how like every step of the way you're setting, you're setting goals for yourself. Right. And every time you set a goal, you're thinking to yourself, I mean, is it even possible? I mean, from 10 to 25, that's quite a jump. And yes. you had more than 25. Right. Do you, Eve, thank you so much for bringing me back to earth. Um, yes. By the time Labor Day came around, which was the end of our second goal, I guess, was we counted 25,232 books. And I laugh. Um, because we counted every single book, like on our living room floor, counting by tens, yada, yada, yada. Wow. So that's when my husband came up with this great idea, which I had jumped ahead to. We could either collect 100,000 the next summer, which I thought was a lot of books to collect in one year, or a million books by the time Ryan went to college, which was also a crazy idea, but it seemed a little more doable because we had like 12 years to do it. Mm. (laughs) So I was like, okay, 
12 years maybe is a little more doable than <laughs> one summer. And so that's what we did. And I was on all these Facebook groups. Like I said, like kids had birthday parties, friends of friends of friends, schools reached out to me. And I think the big difference between me and like other book people trying to collect is that we drove everywhere to get them. Mm. Like you live in Niles, I'll come pick them up. You live in Evanston, Skokie. And that was a great thing because people could just leave their books out and know that they were going to a good place. Amazing. In addition to collecting, we also volunteered a lot. And that's where also our children would just sit under the book stations and read. And I would be volunteering because they were just so into all the books. We've done a lot of very cool things. So mazel tov on achieving your goal of 1 million books. When was that? We probably did at the end of January is kind of when the number came in and it was very surreal. Like we kind of all looked at each other and we're like, did we just finish? I can't believe it. Like we finished a year and a half early and it's almost like we didn't know what to do now. Hmm. I mean, so much of our lives had revolved around collecting books. We would do it on the weekend. You know, the kids, that's how they would practice driving. They would drive to collect the books. And especially during the pandemic, that was Ryan's driving education as he would go and pick up books during the pandemic. And when things were shut down, we had about 15,000 books in our garage on pallets. So we weren't stopping when the world did. And we realized that setting goals is important. And I think it's important in everyone's everyday lives. And if our kids came away with one thing, it is how important it is to set a goal, make your goal known so that you're held accountable to it as well. Let's talk about how you felt when you achieved that dream and it was over. Did you take on the next project or the next goal or are you shifting into other projects right now? Well, it's funny. So as far as the book bank is concerned, we aren't doing our big collections, but we're still very involved with them. We still volunteer. If people have books and they reach out, they can drop them off my house. I will help you bring them. As you could probably tell, we're a very active family when it comes to helping others. So we have a lot of other volunteer organizations that we work with that we're still working with them. So I kind of shifted from one to kind of paying more attention to the rest of them then. You didn't like fall into a complete depression or slump? It was very weird. I think the first day that I dropped my son off at school, I kind of looked around and I was like, all right, what do I do now? Like Mm -hmm. I did kind of feel that way because my days had been filled with going and picking up books, bringing them to the book bank, doing what I needed to do for others. And I just had kind of a me moment where I did kind of, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a slump, but it was just very weird. It was weird not to have to write my list, write my thank you notes, Mm -hmm. send out my tax receipts. It, It was a very calm day, I would say. I could really relate to the feeling Mm -hmm. of now what? And my whole life has been goals. Like I'm just such a goal-oriented person that when you achieve something really big and I've put some serious goals in front of myself and then once it's over, there is some form of emptiness. Like there's a big empty space and it kind of scares me a little bit and you Mm -hmm. need to start reevaluating and figuring out what the next step is. Maybe sometimes, right? And it's not like we keep going always, but sometimes we just have to change or do something totally different. I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe Israel will put you in the next direction, this trip. So I'm actually teaching. I just, I just got off a class that I teach with a group of bat mitzvah girls and moms. We have a 
a kindness challenge that we do with every group. And love it. that, it's really, really fun. And I love seeing the creativity of the girls. Like when we start talking about different things that they could do that are so kind and how they can make the world a better place. And, you know, at 12, 13 years old, like these girls are just like, they're so filled with ideas and light and love and they haven't been hardened or knocked down too much yet. So I just love seeing all the ideas formulating. And I challenge them today in the class to think up, to create a nonprofit organization in their mind or an idea that could help people in their communities. In Hebrew, there's actually an acronym. It's called Gemach. So it's um, three Hebrew letters, Gimel, Mem, Chet, which stands for Gemilut Chasadim or Gemilut Chasad, which means love kindness. Uh Loving kindness, Chasad. Chasad makes the world go round. So I had them come up and brainstorm some really beautiful, small ideas that they could do. These 12 year old girls, like what could they do? What type of gemachs, like free lending organizations could they come up with? And I just loved the answers. I'll tell you some of them. I mean, one of them girls that, that love animals, it was all about animals, like supplies for animals. Like one girl wanted to create a gemach for baby items, like cribs and car seats and things that they have in their house that they could lend out. One of them wanted to create a gown gemach for wedding dresses. Like you only wear it once. So why not share? I love these girls. They're my girls. They're my type of girls. They're adorable. But one of them was so cute. This little girl from Arizona, she actually left the screen. This is a class that I do on zoom so I, I saw her leave I didn't know where she went she came back two minutes later and she said Mrs. Levy I just created my very first gemach I said what did you do like in two minutes flat you know so she shows me a pencil case that she found in the everything drawer we all have an everything drawer in our kitchen that's overflowing and we can't find anything so there was an empty pencil case and she put in it pens and pencils and a sharpener and an eraser and a pair of scissors. And she wrote on it sixth grade supply gemach. And she basically said, this is my like loaning. Like, I'm just going to put it in the front of the class. No one needs to ask questions. You just take what you need, whatever you're missing that day. It's for everyone to use. So it was so cute how she got it and she just created it and put it into motion in a heartbeat. Love it. So just talking about ideas, I see how it was your kids and their love of books Mm -hmm. that kind of tipped you in this direction. If they love it and get so much out of it, then other people could also benefit So that kind of put you in this direction and you're a very giving person. So you're always looking for opportunities to give and to spread love. But I want to ask you what it was like during the ups and downs that we all had during COVID when people were slumped in their homes and you're busy collecting books and counting them and giving them and donating them. I'm wondering if that kind of got you through the really rough time. So tell me about that. Tell me what that Absolutely. was like. It gave us a reason. It gave us kind of a reason to get up in the morning. Like my kids had to go to quote unquote school. And when we first started our book drive, I'm kind of going back a little, the kids and um, my husband and I were able to go on a book distribution, which isn't something that everyday people get to do. And I was a little nervous because I was like, oh, my kids are going to see these kids. They're not going to know how to react. And my daughter was almost in tears. She was like, these children were so thankful. And if we could help them, let's help them as much as we can. So I think that remembering that gave us, you know, kind of the drive to continue our mission, because a lot of it is like, 
book ownership. These kids learn how to read in kindergarten as our children have and you know, first, second grade, whatever, when they're younger, but then they go home and they don't have anything to practice on because a lot of these schools don't let them take the library books out of school. So I think during the dark times of COVID, when it just seemed kind of, oh, woe is me, mm. we kind of pivoted as a family and realized that we still have a roof over our head, thankfully. And you know, we still have food on the table and let's do what we can to help those that are less fortunate than us and give other children something to do during this very unpleasant time when they're all just stuck in their house. I love it. And, and something else that I teach these bat mitzvah girls is that if you're ever in a bad mood or you're ever sad or upset about something, the best tool, the best tip, the best thing you could do to get yourself out of the slump is to give is to give to other people. Absolutely. Get, get out of your head, get out of your smallness, get out of whatever it is. That's like, you know, you're very intense sometimes in our little bubble and just to give and givers are happy people, right? You cannot be angry while giving. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? That's so very when, true. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to get out of, of your, your head. It's hard to see that there are people out there that have it so much worse than you, but it does bring perspective and you could lean on your own gratitude for all that you do have. That's a great tool to help you through any hard time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to have the privilege of distributing some of the books for Bernie's. I'd been more involved than my family because my kids were at school, my husband was at work. And I remember my first distribution and this little girl came up to me with the book in her hand and she hugged my leg and she's like, princess book. I love princess books. Thank you so much. And I looked at Brian Floriani, who is the founder of Bernie's Book Bank. And I just started bawling. I was like, oh my God, you hooked me. Like, how can you not want wow. to help others when you get that in return? It was just, wow. it was so, so lovely. I'm sure that girl's like in fifth or sixth grade now. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. She was, you know, very little back then, but it definitely hooked me even more so on helping others, as you know, because you can't be in a bad mood when you're doing it. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. My mother was a teacher for her whole career for 40 years. And I remember like a sign in her office that said to teach is to touch a life forever. And I think it's the same with books. Like Books have the same possibility, the potential to touch lives forever. It's ideas that could transform people's lives. So just this this image of a girl hugging your leg saying, thank you for this book. I mean, you don't know the ripple effects or a tool to expand her thoughts, her mind, her heart, just unbelievable. So we have- talking about COVID and and how it was such a dark time and we're all trying to social distance and all of that. So when we think about how contagious it was that we are all isolating, kindness is also in a good way. Kindness is so very contagious, right? I agree. So there's, there is a Jewish idea that one good deed leads to another good deed. So that's also something that we see, like you're doing your good deeds, but you don't understand what the next step was. Like you, you might go to this girl and bring her a book and she's in such a good mood and she goes home and she might pass on the favor by helping her sibling with his homework or whatever it is, but that's the power. And we can never know how far the actions go. A good deed that's put out into the world goes much further than ourselves. I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. And there's another organization that I volunteer with and it's like my little therapy. Even though I'm up at the crack of dawn, I never leave there sad. Beautiful. Like you said, it's it's contagious and it it puts a smile on your face. And it's still unbelievable that we accomplished collecting 1 million books for at-risk children. And by the way, these are all children's books. So they're not just like a 
adult books, like they had to be from birth through sixth grade. So that made it a little harder too, because a lot of people have younger children and they're not ready to part with their books yet. And so it was a lot of books. What was one of your favorite books growing up? You know, we grew up with the Dr. Seuss and the Richard Mm -hmm. Scary books and those, but my children really loved, you know, like Eating the Alphabet. That was our one millionth book that we collected. They loved the Chick Chicka Boom Booms and Mm -hmm. the I Love You Stinky Face, you know, and Mm -hmm. just some of the different books and it didn't matter. And it did. I mean, books have shifted over the decades. I was Mm -hmm. last week, I was at a friend's house and there was a whole pile of books for her grandchild. And I started reading the books to the, to this young little girl that was Uh sitting in my lap. So sweet. And I couldn't get over how, you know, I'm 40 years old. And these were the same books that I was raised on. It was mm-hmm. all the same, like, I love you forever, right? But what was that right. one, I love you forever, right? Same books, because they're they're classics. They are. They really, they've imprinted, you know, on our hearts. They really have. Right. And I had mentioned that I have young nephews. One is two and a half and one is five. And, you know, the books have gone from my house to my sister's house to my brother's house. And one of my nephews loves monster trucks and he reads this monster truck book, which was Ryan's. And I just, I still remember it by Mm. heart. Like he was trying to read it to me and I was like, oh yeah, I know this book by heart. And so there's some that you just don't forget, which is, which is kind of crazy and wonderful at the same time that we are lucky enough to have the choice of different books. Okay. I don't like this one, but I like this one more. And Eric Carl passed Mm -hmm. away. And now that's yes. a classic, right? The very mm-hmm. hungry caterpillar. And, Absolutely. You know, people pass away at elderly ages. And it's, but I feel like the whole world mourned his loss, uh-huh. mourned the loss of his life. Like it was this moment of like, he was such a figure to all of us. Right, right. So- he really was. And his illustrations are beautiful. And we read it. Children are going to read his stuff forever. And that's just, that's pretty crazy and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing this project. I'm oh, you're excited welcome. to see what's coming up next for you. And yeah, I hope <laughs> I can like rope you in, put some of your energy into the L'Chaim Center. You have great energy. One more beautiful Jewish teaching. You'll probably learn this on the trip to Israel when we go shortly. The word to love in Hebrew is ahava like Ahava skin products, like Dead Sea Mm -hmm. products. We're going to go down to the Dead Sea. So to love is Ahava. And the root of the word, like the two middle letters, the root of the word is Hav which means to give. There's always deep meanings in every every word in the Hebrew language. It's steeped with meaning. And if you really want to love someone or love something, the best way to go about it is to give. It's to extend And that's when we could really love. And hopefully it starts with ourselves. We should love ourselves and love people around us and love the world and humanity and fix it and bring healing. It would be a very, very sad world if everyone kept themselves and just took care of themselves. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I mean, as you probably lead your life, we lead our life in the fact that we are just blessed. Every day we are blessed. We have a roof over our head and whatever kind of craziness we have, we seem to get through it. And so how can we not help others that aren't as fortunate as us? And, um, you know, especially COVID, I mean, aside from our book drive, COVID really put that into perspective for us as a family, there will be more. I'm not doing another million books. I promise you that because (laughs) the kids are too old. I'm not doing it on my own, but I mean, our, our giving has not stopped because this book drive has come to a close. Mm. I promise you that. You know what I've realized in the last couple of years, especially through COVID, the greatest gift that you could give someone and tell me if you agree with this or maybe I'm off, but I I feel that the greatest gift that you could really give someone is a listening ear. 
Absolutely. And, and, and that doesn't weigh, it's not as heavy as books. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> as you, as you get older, <laughs> there are others, there's so many ways to give, you could give of your money, you could give of your time, you could give of your heart mm-hmm. and it doesn't end, but givers are happy people. And uh, you look pretty happy over there sitting on, oh, your, on your, your, your couches. And I'm so happy that you came on to, to share about this idea. This is so beautiful and anyone could do it in any way, big or small. It doesn't need to be a million books. No, it doesn't. (laughs) That's a big undertaking. But like we said, set a goal, even if it's I'm going to clean my room once a week. I mean, just, you know, and let everybody know of your goal and then you're held accountable and you'll feel good about achieving something. Just make a list of to do's for the day and mark them off and you'll feel better. And I really, really appreciate you having me on your podcast and make the world a better place. Yes. Amen. Thank you so, so much. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great inspired day.